Praise you, Lord. You may be seated and you can take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to read from the first verse. The key verse is talking about salt and light. How many like salt on your food? Amen. We love salt. Some of us can't have it as much as we'd like, but salt is good. And Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your word now. We need you to speak it to us. Reveal it to us, Lord. Reveal to us that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we can make a difference and bring transformation to people's lives, to families, to neighborhoods, to communities, to regions, to countries, to this world, Lord. We thank you for your blessing of the Holy Spirit that ministers to us now, and we pray that you'd speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Communities where uh, the followers of Christ are not engaged and involved are often fragmented by brokenness, relationships and family, citizen isolation, exclusion, a deep sense of abandonment and aloneness, along with fear and distrust of neighbors and the unknown. You'll, you'll notice in news and in our culture that there is a fear and anxiety that's going around. There is an isolation that's happening with people. There's sense of abandonment, sense of alienation. There's not the connections that people need in this world and in this life. The Surgeon General came out with an epidemic of loneliness that is affecting our, our nation, and it affects this whole world, isn't it? When the church presents the gospel witness in word and in deed, there is a tremendous opportunity open for us to bring the salt and light of Christ into our community. This opens doors that we've experienced through um, all the food that we give out, ministering to people in the neighborhood, treating people uh, with grace-filled, lasting relationships, and establishing Steel City Church here as a trusted, loyal, and long-term partner in ministering both temporal and eternal joy through 
faith in Christ. It's a great opportunity to bring a little bit of heaven down on earth. Amen. Amen. And our goal is to be a lighthouse, to be a hospital, to be a place where people can come here and be blessed and ministered to. But also we are each salt of the earth where we go out into our community and out into our our world and preach the gospel. Matthew uh, 5, 13 to 16, before embarking on the biggest part of the sermon, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus explained in two word pictures the impact that a truly righteous person will have on his or her world. The entire sermon in Matthew, including the Beatitudes before and the many teachings after in chapter 6 and 7, shows us how to live as salt and light in the world as representatives of another kingdom. Right? In Matthew chapter 5, it speaks about anger. It speaks about lust. It speaks about marriage and divorce. It speaks about keeping your word and making oaths. It speaks about when you are insulted and when you are reviled, do not retaliate, but bless. It talks about loving your neighbors, loving your enemies. It speaks about giving to the needy and not doing it because uh, you want somebody to see you or to, to uh, bless you or to praise you. But give it, not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing, because then your reward is in heaven. Amen. Then it goes on to the Lord's Prayer on how we should pray and how we should bring heaven down on earth and pray his kingdom come, pray his will be done. Pray that the Lord would give us our daily bread, which really is Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. Then it talks about fasting. It talks about laying treasures up in heaven where everything doesn't decay and get destroyed. Then it gets into not being anxious and not being fearful and living your life like a sparrow. You know, Steph and I put a little bird, bird thing up on our window and um, beautiful birds come and they get on this little thing with the seeds. They must have sore necks, birds. You ever watch a bird? You know, oh, just... My neck hurts just watching them, but there were cardinals that came on there, sparrows. And the Bible says that we should be like sparrows. They don't toil. They just live, live their lives, trusting that food will be there for them and no anxiety, no, no fear. Just looks like they're fearful because their neck's going like this. That's all. This Sermon on the Mount is an awesome, awesome way of looking at how we can live our lives as being salt and being light in this world. A key thought in both of these uh, pictures of salt and light is distinction, right? Is distinction. Salt is needed because the world is rotting and decaying. We see it all around us. And if our Christianity is also rotting and decaying, it won't be any good to anybody. Light is needed because the world is in darkness. And if our Christianity imitates the darkness, if we're not exposing the things that are in darkness, if we're not bringing light to the darkness... We have nothing to show the world. So to be effective, we must seek and display this Christian distinctive that we are different than the world. Amen. Our citizenship is not here on this planet. We're sojourners. We're aliens. We're just passing on through to a kingdom that will be Christ's, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of, of the nations and tribes and tongues will be his as he reigns forever and ever. Amen. The figures of salt and light also remind us that life marked by the Beatitudes is not to be lived in isolation. Now, when you read down through the Beatitudes, how many, how many would say, that's me? That is me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Beatitudes are basically how Christ lived his life 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, and how without the Holy Spirit, we are unable to be in the attitude that God wants us to be without his presence, without his word, without his uh, character within us, right? So the Beatitudes talks about the character of God and the forming of the Holy Spirit within our lives, conforming us to Jesus Christ. And when that happens, what happens next? Persecution, amen? Persecution. Many of you I talked to when you got saved, you would go into a bar and you would just be like, wait a second, I don't belong here. I got to get out of here because you didn't feel comfortable. You're now serving a king of another kingdom. You've been freed from the kingdom of darkness and you've been ushered into this kingdom of light, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen. So when you live, live your life for Jesus in this world with righteousness, with justice, with mercy, with grace, you will be persecuted. But the Bible says here, that blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Woohoo! I just got persecuted, humiliated, and embarrassed at work. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Rejoice and be glad, for you know what? Your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And friends, when our reward is great in heaven, it doesn't mean that we'll get it when we get there. It means that heaven comes down and fills our heart right here. Amen. The presence of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, that we can make a stand for him. Yeah, there'll be rewards in heaven, but our greatest reward is when we receive a greater manifestation of the spirit of God in our lives and a greater revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Isn't that what you really, really need and what you really, really want? There's nothing in this world that can compare. So we see that as we Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts. We become more like him. We're conformed to the image of Christ. We let the old baggage of our lives go, the old addictions and all the things that sway us, and we live out this character of God. Last week, we talked about holiness basically being living our lives in the character and through the nature of God. Amen? The character of God, holiness. So when you have the character of God, you will have conflict. Because you're not of this world. Jesus said, hey, they hated me. Guess what? Woohoo! They're going to hate you too. You will be persecuted. But then he says this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. It's interesting how he starts out saying, blessed are those. And then he zeroes, his, zeroes it in to you. Isn't that, isn't that neat? It's no good coming to church. And realizing everybody else is getting blessed, getting talked to by God, but you're not getting nothing. You're one of those, those people. You like to be around the house of God. You like to be around the presence of God. But maybe you haven't experienced the intimate relationship of knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior personally, where he says to you, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Oh, uh, yes. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven impact society because they are different. Now, you might be in church. You might know people that are weird and bizarre. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a distinction from the kingdom of this world. When salt and light try to accommodate to and or be conformed by the kingdom of this world, they lose their power. They lose their authority. They lose their impact. Amen. And they lose their distinctiveness. Christians make plenty of 
negative comments about and vent tons of frustration over the putrefaction of our society, the putrefying effects of our society. Our society is rotting. Our society is decaying. There is corruption. But our culture is simply doing what comes natural. Amen? Rotting because it has no preservative. There's nothing to preserve the character and nature of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the character of God, the, the aspects of God that ministers to people's hearts and lives. It is gone when we take God out of our society, take God out of our lives. The Holy Spirit is, is a preservative. He preserves the character and nature of God in our lives, in our families. And when we go out into a lost and dying world, he affects our situation wherever we are. Amen. We are not evolving. Every day and in every way, life is not getting better. We're told by the secular humanists, listen, just leave it to us. We know better. We have an in intellect that can formulate plans of action that will make the world a wonderful and better place. And we're seeing more and more as, 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 as men and women rely on the intellect of the fallen nature, there is a rottingness and a corruption and a putref putrefying element that occurs in our society. We are dying. So grateful that Jesus Christ is the light of life. Amen? Amen. The light of life. John Stott says this, when society does go bad, we Christians tend to throw up our hands in pious horror and reproach the non-Christian world. But should we not rather reproach ourselves? One can hardly blame unsalted meat for going bad. It cannot do anything. The real question to ask is, where's the salt? Amen? We all face the struggle of being a Christian in our workplace and in our schools. I knew early on that if I wanted to live a Christian life, I had, to, I had to stand alone because there might not be someone to stand with you. But wherever we go as the salt of the earth, we raise the level of grace and mercy and the knowledge of God. Amen. When you walk into the room, does the conversation change because they know you're a Christian? Are you adding to the rotted meat by the words that you speak? The Bible speaks about speaking with grace as in salt to flavor our conversation and flavor our conduct. Amen. Oh, man. You are the salt of the earth. Take a look around. We got some salty people up in this place. Amen. <laughs> salty, salty people. You are the salt of the earth. It's not a government institution. It's not an educational institution. It's not a Christian organization or denomination. It is you. Salt of the earth, amen? You have a great purpose in God's plan. Everywhere you go, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, educated or not, tall, short. It doesn't matter the shape of your body. Doesn't mind, it doesn't matter where you grow up. You are an invaluable tool in God's great, great ministry of reconciliation. An incredible privilege, citizens of the kingdom of heaven, have been granted by their king, Jesus Christ. This is privilege we should not only cherish, but one that we should also create in us a sense of divine accountability. Amen? We are stewards of salt. And one day we will give an account of how salty we were. How are you doing in uh, just being an example of Christ where you are at your work? It's tough, isn't it, sometimes? Are you talking like a Christian? Are the words of grace words of kindness, 
Are you conducting your family like a Christian? Are you sharing your leisure time like a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ? Does the language change when you're around? Does the attitude of the workplace improve because you work without complaining, without an attitude? You show up on time, you treat everybody with kindness, and you refuse to enter into gossip or slander of another individual. Amen? That's salt in this putrefying world where everybody's negative and everybody wants to destroy and everybody wants to cancel. In Jesus' prayer to his Father, he explains why believers are not just automatically jettisoned up to heaven. We have a distinct purpose as he relates it in his prayer. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them apart from the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And as you did send me into the world, this is Jesus' commandment to us as salty people. I also have sent you into the world. Amen? Oh, wow. What a great God we serve. Amen? So how salty are you? The Old Testament, the grain offering was salted. It was a command of the Lord that it would be salted before it was offered. Salt in ancient days brought people together in a contract or a covenant with each other in friendship. And even if an enemy came into your house and ate salt with you, you had to provide grace and kindness to each other because it was a salt covenant. Roman soldiers were paid in salt. That's where we get the phrase, he's not worth his salt. The word salt means salary in Latin. Salt was uh, fought over and there were wars over salt. Salt was very, very important and significant. And my question to you is, today, when we look at our lives, do we view ourselves as people that are in need and feel insufficient and weak? We don't muster up. We don't have it in us to stand up for God or be the salt of the earth or the light of the world. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Amen? You don't have to acquire it. You don't have to educate yourself to it. You don't have to come up to the altar, light a candle, give an offering. If you've accepted Jesus Christ in your heart and life, you are the salt of the earth. And wherever you go, you spread salt out for people, saving them, preserving them, giving a flavor and a, and a taste of God in a special, wonderful way. You are the salt of the earth. My prayer for myself and you as when you go to work or maybe when you're in school, they always have this passage of scripture that Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth because you have Christ dwelling within you. Wherever we go, we have a message of life that we live. Isn't it true? Based on our attitude, based on not, our, not complaining, based on listening to God, as he tells us to give somebody something, right? When the Holy Spirit ministers to us and, and, and is allowed to operate, we're able to give, we're able to serve, we're able to see needs in people, and we're able to minister, we're able to be the salt of the earth. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to take God at his word, amen? How many times when we, we read scripture and God tells us what we are in Christ and we say, I don't believe that, right? We don't believe the promises of God. We don't believe sometimes the purposes of God for our life. 
We don't take God's word by faith, but we sang a song called Give Me Faith. Amen? To believe what he says about us. It's not what the world says about us. It's not what people at work make you feel. It's not students when you go to school. It's not what's, what's taught. It's not what's spoken to you. It hasn't been what has been spoken in your life in times past, that you're a loser, that you'll never amount to anything, that you won't be who God wants you to be. You have a lot of faults. You have a lot of weaknesses. You have a lot of insufficiencies. Well, praise God. We're all in the same boat. Amen. Paul said, I'd rather dwell on my weaknesses, my insufficiencies and my inadequacies, because then he becomes so strong. And we rely on the Holy Spirit to minister through us. It's not your good looks and charm and your, relig your religiosity. Amen. Leave that at the door. It's not about you. It's about what God says you are. And we stand up in faith and we say to God, God, I believe what you say. And this is exactly what repentance is. Right. It's changing our mind about what we used to tell ourselves and then linking up with God's word and the Holy Spirit and saying, you know what, God, you've told me that I am. Therefore, I am. Amen. You might not be walking in it now, but that's who you are. You're forgiven, redeemed. You're a minister of reconciliation. You're the salt of the earth. And friends, this week, when we hit our workplaces and our schools and our shopping malls and wherever we are, we are the salt of the earth, not because we've done anything to attain it or anything to achieve it, but we've realized our weakness that we cannot bridge the gap between a holy God and a sinful man. Jesus Christ has done that. And when we allow him to move in our hearts and in our lives, oh, yes, we see the need for other people that other people need to know the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would make us salty, that the blandness of our, of our life, always focusing maybe on ourselves and our situation and our weaknesses, that you'd strip us of that, God, and lead us up into the heavenly realms where we dwell with you in spiritual authority and power. God, when we, when we walk this earth, we'll have the sense that we have a mission, that we have a purpose, that we have a passion, and that is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to lost, broken people. And we'll do whatever we can, just like Chloe, that said yes to you when you told her, give that $100. Salt. First, there might be some rotting dead stuff in your heart and life that Jesus needs to resurrect and make new. Amen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can do that. Maybe there's some situations in our heart and life when we look at relationships, circumstances. It might be brokenness. It might be what we think is rotting flesh. Put Jesus in it. Put Jesus on it. Amen? And allow, allow him to change your heart, change your life. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Friends, this week, let's make wherever we are a place where the conscientiousness of who God's character is. Amen? Don't get into gossip. Don't hold bitternesses. Don't hold unforgiveness. It strips you of your passion and your authority in Christ. Be the salt of the earth. I'm going to ask Daryl to come. We're going to take communion, and I'll ask the attendees to come, and we'll uh, pass out the elements. I believe there's two cups. First cup has the drink. The second cup has the, the bread. 
Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. My prayer today is that God would take the heavenly salt shaker of his grace and love and dump it all in this place. Amen. Fill us with his presence. We pray for our, our communion time together. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time as we worship you, as we think about your death, your burial, your resurrection, the blood that was shed. We pray, O oh Lord, that we would call upon you, that you'd cleanse us of all of our sins. Restore us, O oh God. Renew us. Thank you that in your body you took our pain and our suffering. By your stripes we are healed. You were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And today we say thank you, Lord. Give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hold on to your elements and we'll partake together. Amen.